Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Com and definitely check out those shows as well. Also, just a quick note that submissions for the Zibby Awards are open and will close on September 15th. Go to zibbyowens.com and you will find the Zibby Awards open submissions where we celebrate all the under-celebrated parts of a book, like the best spine, the best author's note, the best table of contents. And authors can nominate their own best publicists, best editors, and so on. There will be an in-person award ceremony in October in New York. You will not want to miss it. Go to ZibbyOwens.com. Caitlin Barash is the author of a novel, Obsession, which is a novel. Caitlin earned her BA from Colorado College and her MFA from New York University. Her work has appeared in more than a dozen publications, including Catapult, Day One, The Forge, and Hobart. A former bookseller, Caitlin currently teaches creative writing at the Writer's Circle. She was born and raised in New York and now lives in Brooklyn. A novel, Obsession, is her debut novel. 
I guess her memoir would be called a memoir obsession. Okay, sorry, not enough sleep. Welcome, Caitlin. Thanks so much for coming on. Moms don't have time to read books to discuss a novel obsession, which Beautiful. is a novel. <laughs> yeah, thank you again for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I love fiction set in the world of fiction. You know, that it's hard to pull <laughs> off successfully, you know, because it's so self-referential, right? You're like, oh, but she is writing a book, but this is the scene that she's talking about writing. Anyway, I, I'm doing this book a disservice, by the way. I just described that. Let's try this again. Caitlin, why don't you tell <laughs> listeners what your book is about? Well, no, you're on the right track, obviously. We're going <laughs> to talk about that. I'm sure we're going to talk about that because it's a big part of the book. But essentially, the premise of a novel obsession, um, it's about a young woman named Naomi, who is a bookseller in New York City. She's a bit aimless. Uh, she recently graduated from college, has never been in love, meets this handsome Welsh man that she is hoping she will finally fall in love with and experience her first real relationship. And then, unbeknownst to her, she finds out that he actually moved to the United States to follow a woman. Turns out that woman, Rosemary, is also in the literary world, as Naomi is, but is an, uh, an editor at a major publishing house. So immediately, Naomi is a little jealous, a little threatened, and of course, incredibly curious about this woman who came before her and feels like she can't possibly measure up to sort of this great love story, even though they had broken up and she is now dating this man, Caleb. So essentially, she becomes desperately obsessed with Rosemary, stalks her both online and then in real life, and forges a friendship with her under false pretenses. And after that, essentially all hell breaks loose. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's the premise. And uh, it's, a, it's a wild ride or so I've been told. It actually scared me a lot because <laughs> first of all, I'm like, who is this Caitlin? What is she doing on social media? <laughs> but just how intimately you can know someone's habits, someone's whereabouts, someone's interests. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, I put all my stuff out there all the time and now I'm thinking like anyone could just pretend. Totally. Same. I, run into, you know, I mean, I'm not advocating anybody do not pretend to know me if you see me, if, you know what I mean? But, but no, but obviously her obsession goes beyond the normal consumption of social media into like this very not okay place. Yeah. And I kind of related to, to her when like she was asking her, what is, I'm so bad with names. What is her boyfriend's name? When she, Caleb, Caleb, Caleb. Yeah. And she was asking Caleb, you know, why they broke up. And he was like, well, I don't know. We just, we both loved each other so much, but I, I, I can't even explain it or something. And that is so unsatisfying. It just, is so like, unsatisfying. Like I would not be okay with that answer either. I'd be like, wait, what? then you could easily just start it up again. Right. Right. So, which so people, I relate to her. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's, but, but to your point about, you know, the, how she goes kind of beyond the normal in yeah. every way, that's sort of like, that was the seed for me. I, you know, being a millennial and just being online and everyone's online, regardless of who you are at this point, yeah. I mean, my mom yeah. as online as I am these days, yeah. that feeling. I'm probably friends with her. Yeah. <laughs> We're probably um, Facebook friends. Yeah. So it's essentially like, so we have access to so much information of our friends, of our acquaintances, of complete strangers. And that sense, like we all are guilty of being curious about the people that we encounter in our daily lives. But at the same time, I wanted to show how that internet rabbit hole could quickly and you know dangerously become a real life obsession. And 
in, in that way, like I was able to do on the page, what I could never do in real life. Mm-hmm. Thank God. <laughs> do not pull a Naomi. Anyone listening, please do not pull a Naomi. I'm, I'm beginning to use her name as a verb. I'm like, oh, are you going to Naomi me? Mm-hmm. But essentially I, I sort of wanted to have fun with that. What if scenario, like what if this completely spiraled out of control and she, she just took it to a completely new level in a way that no one would ever dare to, because it is not socially acceptable and also incredibly toxic and unhealthy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> have you have you read um, Jenny Mullen's books? They're actually, tr- you know, they're memoirs. She has an, I uh, I you, ha- you have to go back and read. I I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one that she wrote. She's so funny, but she becomes obsessed with her husband's ex girlfriend. Oh yeah, it's- and literally like stalks her, talking about really? her. They end oh up at the God. they end up at the nail salon across from each okay, other. I have to read this immediately. Jenny Mullen, you said M O L L E N. Yes. Okay. And actually, wow. like, and I became friendly with her. Now I feel like I was like, not that I was stalking her, but then we were becoming <laughs> friends. We were reading each other's books, and she was like, "No, that's a real person." Then she was like sending the picture of the real ex-girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. It happens. I know. It, it, happens. happens. <laughs> it happens. And I, you know, I consider her a very normal mainstream person. <laughs> Perhaps I shouldn't. No, I'm kidding. Yes, it does happen. Actually, I'm really good friends with one of my ex-boyfriend's ex-girlfriends. She's like a really close friend of mine. That's a, see, that is kind of the fantasy and the dream. Like in a sense, Naomi went through all this trouble to like stalk someone under false pretenses. And I feel like she would have had a lot more luck just going up to Rosemary at a party. Totally. Hey, we uh we dated the same guy. Like let's let's, you know, shit talk him a little bit here. Like yes. does he did he do that thing with you that he does with me? Yes. And I think that's sort of the inherent tragedy of it, that she feels right. like she can't just be authentic and just go up and say, Hey, <laughs> like yeah. let's we have a lot in common, clearly. Um, because they do, which is sort of why the friendship I feel like is able to progress in the way that it does. Yeah. Um except, and- except that Except then when he says like, oh no, but you two are like really different. And then she's like, but wait, what do you mean by that? Like, what? Right. She takes oh my it as an info almost. Yeah, I know. I get yeah. it. I, I totally get it. Oh yeah, my gosh. But you're right. I mean, it's, I think that's really admirable that you could, you could be friends with someone that your partner dated. But at the same time, I'm like, of course you could, because you have a well, very strong experience in common. Although... I am not dating that person anymore. Like I'm not okay. friends with anyone my husband dated. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, so okay. maybe that's maybe that's it. it. Maybe yeah. you have to like both it be, have to be ex-partners somehow. Yeah. 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 Very like John Tucker must die, which yeah. I was obsessed with in high school. So maybe middle school. <laughs> I have to tell you, because I am obviously so not a millennial, I didn't even know the song that you referenced in the beginning of the book. Oh. So I went and downloaded it and listened to it. And I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> I was like, why are they both, why are they cooking to this music? I don't even understand. So anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of weird music in this, uh, in this yeah. book and just specific, like their specific tastes. And mm-hmm. yeah, is that the Gang of Youth song? Or, or it's like something hiatus, underground, hiatus, underground, hiatus, underwater or something. Under- yeah, okay. Hiatus Coyote. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's true though. I mean, I, I really wanted her to like in the chai latte line or that's not what they got but whatever it is that they ordered like she could have she could have just so easily said something normal yeah Yeah. and she didn't she chose in most instances this is your fault (laughs) (laughs) she chooses the wrong I mean that was what was so fun about writing her because it's like what would she do in this situation what would the average person do in this situation I had her do the complete opposite yeah so and I guess at at every moment too I was asking myself how can I escalate her behavior Mm -hmm. Um, how can I keep escalating it because I mean 
I don't want to like call out any books, but I think as a reader, like I've read several books about women who obsess over other women mm-hmm. and it always like plateaus for 200 pages. It's just the woman like obsessing over another woman online, which once again, we've all done so incredibly relatable, but it always ends with this like climactic moment that comes out of absolutely nowhere. So it kind of goes from zero to a hundred. And I was like, I want my book to do something different, regardless of whether or not Yes. You know, that is the correct way of doing it. It was just how I wanted to do it. I wanted sort of every chapter to somehow escalate in behavior yeah. until the point of no return and or the turn when Rosemary kind of wrestles control of the narrative from Naomi. No spoilers for anyone who <laughs> hasn't read it, but in a sense, that's sort of, I guess, the inevitable thing that could that could happen. But, th- but then you see, I mean, the other reason that's effective is like, it becomes such a slippery slope. Like, one thing leads to another, right? It all seems like, well, this isn't such a big deal. I already did that. So I don't know. It's much, it's more believable or something. Yeah. I think she's able to justify nearly Mm -hmm. all of her actions to herself, which, you know, I think her justifications become increasingly erratic and Mm -hmm. and increasingly like unbelievable to anyone around her. Like if she were to justify it directly to her best friend or even to her grandmother, I think they would be like, you need to stop. Yeah. But her self-delusion and self-sabotage instinct is so strong that I I felt like she couldn't possibly stop her behavior at that point. She was she was too far gone. You know, um, it's so funny. So I have this so I have a little podcast network that I've started with a few yeah. shows by other authors. So we have this one show called Characters on the Couch, and they're analyzing, diagnosing, and like recommending treatment <laughs> for pop culture characters so on like TV, like you know, Don Draper or, you know, Mrs. Maisel or whatever. But yeah. like, I want them to do her. <laughs> Naomi, yeah. yeah. I need, Naomi needs like a major, you know, Harvard psychiatrist to yeah. lock in on her. Or maybe it's too obvious. I don't know. What do you think her issue is? Well, I, I think she just suffers from like deep, deep insecurity and compartmentalization. And I think she also sort of describes the way that she's begun to feel quite numb, like over the course of like the traumas that she's experienced, she sort of numbed herself to all feeling. And I think when you numb yourself to all feeling, uh, you're unable to feel self-love. And I think if you're unable to feel self-love, you can't truly empathize with other people. So I've heard some people say, oh, she's a narcissist. And I think she acts narcissistic in this book, but I think her insecurities are, are driving her versus like any feeling of entitlement or specialness. Like I think she actually feels quite the opposite that she isn't special. And that's why she's destroying her life essentially. But it maybe is, I don't know. I, I really, I resist pathologizing my characters or stigmatizing them because one, I just don't feel, I don't feel qualified to diagnose her. I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but I would be, I'm so curious by that premise because I really do feel like, of course, characters in real life grapple with similar Mm-hmm. you know, similar issues that real people grapple with. Otherwise they wouldn't feel authentic. So yeah. that is fascinating. And I, I would love to get her on a therapist couch at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to propose it. <laughs> FYI, not that I am qualified either, but as a former psychology major and an armchair psychiatrist that I am, I will say that people with narcissistic personality disorder typically have had some big wound to their self-esteem mm-hmm. and that causes the behavior. So it does come from a place of deep insecurity that's almost so deep mm-hmm. that they can't deal with it. And so they like lose access to that part and that's instead exactly. are like thinking they're always right or they're this or they're, you know, they can't see the world in a different way. 
Yeah, no, I'll that's just, I'll just fair. put that out there. <laughs> that's fair. No, and I wonder too, like I, I sort of imagine, I'm not probably never going to write a sequel to this book, but even though some people have asked me like, what the hell happens next? You know, how could, how could it end that way? And definitely the ending has been controversial, I'll admit. But I think with Naomi, like I, I desperately hope for her that this is just like a dark phase in her life. Like I like to imagine that after she loses everything, which she does, that she finally realizes, okay, what I've been doing is not Mm -hmm. working for me. It is not serving me. It is not serving anyone in my life. Like, I desperately hope that she's pulled out of that, that sort of naivete, immaturity, self-absorption. I wish that for her. And I know I created her, but in a sense, she felt out of control, even for me, like as I was writing her, it sometimes sent me into kind of a dark place. And I sort of want to imagine that the character that I've created would get better in a sense or, or become a better person at the very least. And, and so, yeah, I think wherever she is out in the, in the fictional sphere, I wish that for her, uh, that she would kind of not, she would escape that kind of diagnosis in the long term. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help and I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy. And you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. I wish that for her too, but I am less optimistic. <laughs> That's I, fair. I, I'm not, uh, I think she needs some, some, some therapy first. Yes. Therapy. <laughs> Although traditionally narcissists do not respond particularly well to 
therapy because they don't see any problems with themselves. But yeah, or they can um, talk their way out of it. Yeah, they can justify it. Yeah. You know. mm. So I, I'm not as optimistic, but who knows? You know. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Okay, so you're not writing a sequel. Are you writing another book? You must be. I'm in the very early stages of something, yes. But you know, as you know, since you're also a writer, it wow, it is it is coming very slowly, and I feel like I keep pivoting on what I want it to be, but it's not going to really have much to do with social media at the moment. It's going to be more of a family story, which when I told my family, they were like, dear God, (laughs) Um, but you know, I've, I've been inspired by just the generations uh, of my family and, and sort of wanting to like tell, tell the stories of of people who have been long gone and sort of fictionalize those and and imagine like other universes, other parallel lives for them. And it's going to maybe have something to do with art since I inherited a lot of my grandparents' art when they passed and all over my house, including this lovely little winter scene behind me. So I feel like I'm sort of living with ghosts in my apartment Mm -hmm. and want to sort of dive into that. And yeah, so it's it's very unformed. It's a very unformed idea, but uh, I've been thinking about it. (laughs) When my grandparents passed away, my grandmother, after my grandfather passed away, well, technically my step-grandfather, it doesn't matter. Anyway, she like took up painting as like her way uh, anyway, I always was encouraging her to do that. And so I have inherited like all her canvases of, you know, which is great. So I have them like all around this one area so that I always like walk in and see her with like all her stuff. And we have like the clock that my grandfather sculpted for her. Like he's, he was a sculptor. And anyway, I have that, like, in my yeah. anyway, I just, and then like the little thing where she kept her nuts that says, I'm nuts about you. <laughs> where I like keep my medicine and like, I don't know. It's just nice to have these little touchstones, yeah. but it is, I, I do hear you about living with ghosts. There is something about keeping the objects that keeps the person a little more, I don't know. No, I think that's absolutely it. It's sort of, you can't help but think of them in some way as you pass by, even if you're like rushing out the door, you know, living there and kind of staring at you. So yeah, I almost feel like more than a picture. I feel like you can be desensitized to pictures. Yeah. Somehow objects, at least from dress or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. I mean like photos of the person. Oh yeah. Like it's it's also like how you remember them. I mean, a photograph is less, there's less room for imagination with a photograph. Yes. Paintings, especially like landscapes. I don't know. You can sort of get lost inside of it in a sense. And yes, I want to explore that somehow. You're right. Awesome. Well, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Like hit me up in three years and hopefully I'll, uh, I'll finish it by then. How long did this take? Did it take three years? It took six years actually from, I mean, from literal seed first chapter written, you know, I started it in the summer of 2016 and then kind of worked on it on and off over the course of, well, I guess six years, including the year that I was working on it with my editor after it had sold, but which was a transformative year. There's <laughs> a fantastic, fantastic reader. I got really lucky. But who yeah. Your, who was your editor? Her name is Lexi Casola. She's at Dutton and, you know, we're around the same age. So I felt like she really understood Naomi and understood what I was trying to do and the themes I was trying to explore and really made the book better in like every way. So I'm indebted. <laughs> Editors can do that. Yes. Secret weapon. Totally. So what are what are you reading now in all your spare time? In all my spare time. Well, I actually just finished a book that I really adored, uh, mostly because I've been feeling a lot of wanderlust lately. Mm-hmm. It's called Six Days in Rome by yes. Jessica Giaco. Yeah. I love that book. It was so, yeah, so beautiful, so sensual. I was salivating the entire time because the food descriptions were so great. But also just, 
it really resonated with me, the descriptions of living with a famous father, uh, mm-hmm. the narrator lives with a famous father and sort of reflecting on her childhood. You, so you've read it. So you, you you're not I haven't, a, I have not read it yet, oh, but I, I, yeah. I read about it enough and like flipped yeah. through it enough to, to decide I wanted to do it. So yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. And I also really loved post-traumatic by mm. Chantel Johnson. Really, really fascinating book, hilarious, like wickedly funny, but also really moving and kind of infuriating at times because it just delves into a lot of, you know, relevant topics and mental illness, given kind of ironic because yeah, yeah. we were just talking about armchair diagnosis. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> yeah she's a, the, the narrator is a lawyer for institutionalized people. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's a fascinating book, but it manages to be like to cover a lot of really dark, really heavy topics with a lot of dry, dark humor, which is mm-hmm. sort of my, uh, my alley. Mm-hmm. And I'm right now reading a book called Housebreaking by Colleen Hubbard, which yes. is wonderful. I've heard of it. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. What about you? I'm sure you're reading like a million things at once. Oh my, you don't even want to know what I just had to pack for the weekend. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I literally, I was like, I don't have a babysitter this weekend and I'm going away with the kids and I'm like, there is no way I can read 12 books. Like this is stupid. So anyway. That does sound insurmountable, especially since you have your own book coming out soon, but I'm sure it's going to be a crazy summer. I know. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I left half of them. I'm like, maybe I could get through six, but I really want. Actually, to be totally honest with you, I was like, here, I'm in my head, I was like, these are the times where I'm willing to read this weekend. And this is the time in my head that I'm going to carve out and not be doing any work so that I can be present for the kids and whatever. So yeah, at least because usually I'm just like, well, if I just do a few more, you know, that an hour goes by and yeah, that sounds, that sounds stressful. So, <laughs> I hope uh, you're able to balance. I, I won't be, but you know, <laughs> at, at least I'm going in with a plan. So. I mean, it, seems, it seems relevant given the title of your podcast. <laughs> yes. Which of course is not just for moms. I know. But, you know. Yes, of course. Of course. But uh, you know, it's where I am in life. So yeah, there you go. Of course. <laughs> this was really fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for scaring me to death about anything <laughs> I post. And, you know, I think I'm now going to grill my husband a little more about the exes. Yeah, maybe why not find out some uncomfortable stories. Uh, Yeah. And I I know a lot of people uh, change their profile to private after they've read my book. So, oh man, (laughs) just, you know, I can't do that. It's like my livelihood. Of course, I know. (laughs) For all authors. I mean, yeah, I decided to go public right before my book came out because I wanted readers to reach me. And it's been really lovely to sort of connect with readers and, and just have, you know, just know that it's like out there in the world doing yeah. things without me. But at the same time, like maybe I should give myself a deadline of when I'm going to slink back into the shadows. Who knows? Maybe authors should all start like private second accounts. Maybe they already do that. And I don't even know. I'm going to uh, start. I'm going to start. I'm find out. <laughs> author, the author fake account. Yeah. Like the dark, the dark web of the authors. Or yeah. Something. That would be a funny, yeah. The underbelly of the literary world is author yeah. second accounts. That's yeah. it. We'll have to, we'll have to do some digging. Yeah. Another novel. <laughs> yeah. perhaps. <laughs> Thank you so much, Zibi. Thank you All right, for taking so the lot. time. You really too. nice chatting with you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Music. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.